Would you join me as we pray together? Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you have given us, you have blessed us with. Thank you for the opportunity to be in this place today to worship you. And may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight as we worship you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're so glad you're here today. Thank you for joining us for worship here at the Forks. We love having you. If you're a guest, we welcome you especially and uh, would invite you to go by the Welcome Center after the, uh, after the service today, pick up one of those gifts that we have for you in the bags and uh, take it home. And it's got some information in there. But we are so glad you're here and you're worshiping with us. And if you're worshiping us with us uh, by live stream today, we welcome you. Thank you for joining us. And we pray that all of you, and under the sound of my voice, Feel the presence of the Lord today as we worship him in the beauty of his holiness. Why don't you stand and greet those around you and then we'll join in singing, Be Thou My Vision.
Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes the way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you all. What a powerful song. And who believes today that Jesus 
can change our lives. Amen, all of us. We'd like to welcome you here today and to give a very special welcome to any guests that we have. And today is special for many reasons. Today was Kentucky State University Day. And I don't know if we have anyone here from Kentucky State University. Is there, are there any students here today? Jerry, are you here, Jerry? Jerry is here. I'm so thankful that uh, Jerry Johnson, we do have some Kentucky State University students. Jerry Johnson is the new Baptist campus minister at Kentucky State. Today we were supposed to host the Kentucky State basketball team their coach called me and apologized that they had a miscommunication. They were gonna be gone on a recruiting trip and uh, they were not able to come, but I am so grateful that we have K-State right here in our own community and we are trying our best to connect students, whether it's at K-State or Georgetown or Midway or, or Asbury or, or UK, wherever, with the local church to know that you don't have to go through college all by yourself and feel like that you're all alone. So we do welcome, Jerry, you here today. We welcome any Kentucky State University students and any college students. And I'm excited that right after the service today, there will be a 412, Forks 412 luncheon for any people between the ages of 18 and 29. Uh, we are thrilled that Family Affair is catering a delicious meal. So anyone between the ages of 18 and 29, there will be a luncheon. And I believe Jerry's gonna share some words and I hope you'll join us for a great time. But I am grateful that you're here and we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. And every week there's an opportunity for us, if you feel led, to come kneel at this altar or to stand and pray from your seat. Those of you who are worshiping with us online, wherever you are, that can be your place of prayer, your altar. But I'd like to invite you, if you feel led by the Spirit, to come and pray with us. Won't you come join me as we lift up our prayers together? pray together. God, you're such a faithful, good God. And as we just sang, Lord, all things are possible for those who believe. And we believe in your power to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us. Father, we lift up all these folks who have come into this house of worship, those who are praying at this altar, people praying from their seats, people praying from their homes or on vacation or in other states. Oh God, we are coming together to lift up our hearts to you and worship and praise and thanksgiving and also in need. Father, this is also a special day we want to 
honor our Kentucky State University students. And Father, we're grateful for Jerry Johnson and his ministry there and at Transylvania University. And I pray your blessings upon him and each of these students. Father, I pray for all of our 412 young adults that you would bless them, whether they're young professionals or they're in college. Bless them, God, and may they know they're not alone. You promise to be a friend that will stick closer than a brother. And may they know they always have a home here at the Forks. Father, we pray for so many families hurting today. Father, this is September 11th, and we will never forget what took place on September 11th, 2001. And I pray for families that still grieve to this day. And I continue to lift up our country and our leaders with wisdom and protection in our country. And Father, we pray for the many families in this church who are hurting over the loss of loved ones. Father, we lift up the, the Grider family and the loss of Hilda, the Southworth family and the loss of George, the Wise family and the loss of Linda, <clears throat> the Troutwine family and the loss of David's mother. Father, we lift up so many families that are grieving Dwayne Thomas and the loss of his mom. The list is long of families who are grieving. Father, for people in the hospital <clears throat> today, I pray, God, that you would heal them. <clears throat> I pray, God, for Milton Whitehouse. I, I pray for John Center. Father, I pray for uh, so many others, Lord, that, that need your divine touch. George Pennington. Father, I pray for uh, Shirley Lewis's uh, mother. God, the, the list is long of people that need your touch. And I pray for people in this place that need your touch. Maybe it's someone who's never accepted Christ. May they come to know you today. Maybe it's a Christian going through a, a dark, difficult time in their lives. Bless them, I pray. Remind them that you are with them. And Father, just continue to bless this church that we would always be a lighthouse on this hill, shining the light and love of Jesus into a world where people need the Lord. So, Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would just continue to move today, that you would sing and play through our musicians and instrumentalists, that you would speak to us through the, your word and through your servant. And I pray, God, that all of us would grow in our faith and that we would be strong in the Lord for it is in the strong and holy and powerful and precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6? You know, as I was praying about a message for today, um, I wanted it to be applicable to college-age students. wanted it to be applicable to young adults. But, you know, the message God placed on my heart is for all ages. 
It's applicable for me, for you, for everyone. So God's timing is perfect, and his ways and his thoughts are above ours. But if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6? This will be a familiar passage to many of you. And after the reading of God's word, would you be in prayer for Bill and the choir as they come to lead us and our instrumentalists? But begin with verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you. Oh, what a powerful, beautiful message. And <clears throat> no greater message than his amazing grace and his love for you. And if you don't get anything out of what I say today, hear that message about how much God loves you and how he forgives you and me. And he gives us second chances and third chances and multiple chances when we have dropped the ball. Well, speaking of dropping the ball, and this is football season. Do y'all know this is football season? Football season is going. Some of y'all have a little bit more of a pep in your step today, I see. But uh, maybe y'all have heard this story. I always like to start with something on the light side. Maybe you heard about the second string quarterback who hadn't played in a single game the entire season. It was the last game of the year. It happened to be the championship game. And wouldn't you know it, the first string quarterback got hurt with 30 seconds to go. The coach had no other choice but to put in this second string quarterback. He was inexperienced. The, the coach did not have confidence in him. He put him in a very difficult situation. It was a championship game, 30 seconds. They were one point behind. Well, wouldn't you know that this backup quarterback, second string quarterback, he came in and he called play 15. Number 15 hadn't been used the whole season, much to the team's surprise, to the opponent's surprise. Play number 15 worked and they scored a touchdown, and they won the game. And so when they went back to the locker room, everybody was celebrating and just so excited. And the coach goes over to this second-string quarterback, and he said, son, I'm sorry. Maybe I should have put you in sooner. I didn't realize you were that smart. I mean, how in the world did you come up with Play number 15. We haven't used that all season. He said, well, coach, I have to tell you, I was a nervous wreck when I went in there. And he said, I was kind of shaking and nervous. I couldn't think of anything. And I looked across the huddle, and I saw that big tackle across the line wearing number 76. And so I just added those two numbers together, and I called out play number 15. And he said, and it worked. And the coach said, well, I am so thankful that you did. But he said, I hate to tell you, seven and six is not 15. And he said, well, coach, if I would have been as smart as you are, we would have lost the game. <laughs> oh, my I remember like it was yesterday, September 11, 2001. It was a Tuesday morning around 8.45. My wife and I had only been married a couple of years or a couple of months rather, and, and she had gone to an early shopping trip with her mother. And uh, Kelly calls me and she said, do you have the TV on? And I said, no, I don't. She said, turn on the TV. Something is going on. And she said, I think we're under attack. And I turned on the TV, and I know some of you all weren't born yet. 
others of you remember it as plain as yesterday, as we watch what seemed like a movie taking place right before our eyes. And on that fateful day, nearly 3,000 people would lose their lives and our country and our world would be shaken at its very foundation. And I've, I've never forgotten that. And I'm sure some of you have, have never forgotten. And, you know, people today were, were joking with me, said, I see you wore your blue sport coat because UK won last night. I said, no, I'm wearing red, white, and blue because I haven't forgotten what took place on September 11th. And uh, it's possible that you're here today and 21 years later, you're saying what my wife said, we're under attack. And maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm under attack. And maybe not by some terrorist group or Al-Qaeda, but, but you are under attack. We felt like we've been under attack the last couple years with COVID, haven't we? We felt like our nation, our world has been under attack. But maybe you're here and you're a student and you feel like you've been under attack by the heavy load of schoolwork that is now upon you. Maybe you feel like that you're under attack by peer pressure and friend groups trying to get you to do certain things. Maybe you've been attacked on social media. Maybe you feel like your health is being attacked. Maybe you feel like you're being attacked mentally or or physically, or emotionally, or spiritually. Maybe you've been attacked with depression, or maybe you've been attacked with anxiety, or maybe you've been attacked by, by fear in some way, or, or maybe the devil is attacking you with suicidal thoughts today. Maybe you're being attacked by an eating disorder. Maybe you're being attacked, do you think, by a co-worker, or, or a, a boss or an employee, you, you feel like you're being attacked in some way today. And probably we have all felt like at times we're under attack. In our scripture passage today, we see Paul writing from prison. Most likely in Rome, he was in prison because of his faith and his message in Christ. And as Paul was was writing this letter, it was not to address any particular heresy or any problem that was happening, but really it was a letter not only to the church at Ephesus, but a letter that would circulate to other churches in the area, other churches that were trying to preach the gospel of Christ. He wrote this letter to encourage Christians. He wrote this letter to build up the church he wrote this letter to show us how we can do spiritual warfare because we are under attack. If we are following Christ, we are under attack. And so today, as we look at this familiar passage to some of you, maybe it's new to others, I pray God would, would help you and encourage you and strengthen you and help you to know what to do when you feel like you're under attack. Well, the first thing when we're under attack, we need to go to the right person. In verse 10, Paul wrote, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
be strong in the Lord. Not strong in your own strength, but to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Uh, that's a verse we shared last Sunday, that familiar verse, Philippians 4.13, when Paul said, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Paul wrote in Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Do you remember when Paul's health was being attacked and, and we read in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, remember he, he pleaded with the Lord three times to take that thorn out of his flesh, a messenger of Satan that was sent to torment him. Do you remember he pleaded not once, not twice, three times. But do you remember how the Lord responded in verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 12? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then he would go on to say in, in verse 10, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And he was saying, when there's less of me, there's more of him. When it's less of my own strength, it's more of his power working in my life. And maybe there's some of us here today, and, and we've been going to the, to the wrong people. I, I mean, we all uh, want to have go-to people, don't we? I mean, who's your go-to person? Is your go-to person uh, your, your spouse? Is your go-to person your, your mother or your father or brother or sister? Is it, a, is it a teacher? Is it a counselor? Is it a minister? We all need a go-to person. But I want to tell you, People, even though we don't intend to, will let you down. But there's one go-to person when we go to the Lord. He'll never let you down. You know that the person that protects you and me is the only person who's never been defeated by Satan. That's Jesus Christ. He's never been defeated by the devil. And so that's why we read in, in Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help and trouble. We need a, a go-to guy. I, I think about David when he faced big Goliath, the giant, uh, back in 1 Samuel chapter 17. You remember when he was coming at, at David, this nine-foot giant, and, and you remember that little David, little shepherd boy David with his sling and his stones, and, and he said, the battle belongs to the Lord. And so today, when we go to the right person, we know that the battle belongs then. I was thinking that this was going to be Kentucky State University Day. I had a story that I shared recently on a Wednesday, and I wanted to share it with you today. But I was a student at K-State for a couple of years. And my brother Tim and I played in the intramural basketball league at K-State. We were the only two white boys in the gym. And there we were on a team that was a good team, and we made it to the championship game. And, and I remember like it was yesterday, I only knew one way to play, and it was to go all out, to go 110%. I know you all can't believe that, but that's the way I played. <laughs> I only knew one way, is to give it all you got. And, and I remember I was playing, and, and the game sometimes gets physical, and 
and people don't like it when you guard them really close when you're up on them. My coach never taught me to play dirty, but to play aggressive. And there's a difference in being dirty and being aggressive. Never tried to hurt anybody, but I played aggressive. And so I was playing aggressively, and this guy didn't particularly like it. Next thing you know, he was coming at me. And it wasn't to thank me for the good defense I was playing either. <laughs> he was coming at me, and I thought, uh-oh. I started backpedaling a little bit. and was like, what's going to happen? Wouldn't you know the guy that asked me to play, asked us to play on his team, was Clint Dubotes. He was from Flint, Michigan. He was built like the bricks on this church. I mean, he was a body, but he was huge. I'll never forget my big black brother jumped in front of me and stuck me behind him, and he said, you got to go through me to get to him. And I went, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I've never forgotten that. And I praise God that he stood in front of me. And you know what? That's what Jesus does for you and for me. He tells the devil when we're under attack, you got to go through me to get to them. And I'm so grateful that Jesus should be our go-to guy, our go-to person. He's always got your back. He's always in your corner. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always, the very end of the age. And I'm so grateful today that we have the right person in Jesus. But then secondly, when we're under attack, we need the right plan. We need the right plan. If you would read on in verses 11 and 12, he said, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the, the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so the plan is to be strong in the Lord and to put on his armor. So many times when we are attacked, we think the plan is I, I'm going to give up or I'm going to uh, get even or, or I'm going to drown my, uh, my pain and my sorrow. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to get high. I, I'm going to turn to immorality. I, I'm going to do something else when God has a plan for you and for me when we're under attack. And that plan is to put on the full armor of God. And so today I pray that if you feel like you're under attack, and I want to make something clear. When, when it said, did you get that? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggles, not against flesh and blood. I want to make this perfectly clear today. The enemy today is not the white man. The enemy today is not the black man. The enemy today is not the policeman. The enemy today is not the politician. The enemy today is not a brother or a sister or a mother or a father or a co-worker or, or a difficult person. Uh, the enemy is not another Christian. The enemy is the devil. He's the real enemy today. 
You, you, you look in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. He says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's the real enemy. We like to put a face to our enemy, don't we? We like to put a person. But the real enemy is the, the devil, and he's the one that's attacking you and attacking me. So we know who the enemy is, the devil. So how do we combat the devil? How do we fight the devil? Well, then Paul gets descriptive, no doubt, because he was in prison, maybe being chained to a Roman guard or certainly having Roman guards on patrol. He got the imagery of the armor that the soldiers were wearing. And he said, first, we are to stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around our waist. The, the belt of truth. If we are ever going to have spiritual victory, it must begin with truth. You know why? Because John chapter 8 verse 44 says that the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. So we know that the way we combat the devil is with the truth. And what did Jesus say in John 14, 6? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the way we combat the devil and his lies is by living out the truth, which is Jesus Christ. But then he said also by wearing a breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate would protect the heart. And aren't we supposed to protect our hearts? When we read in Proverbs 4.23, above all else, protect your hearts because it is the wellspring of life. And so the way we combat the devil is by also not only having our hearts protected, but protected with righteousness, doing what is right. Most of us know when we're doing right and we're doing wrong, don't we? Do we need to have someone that tells us when we're doing right? Or do most of us are probably convicted by the Holy Spirit when we are doing wrong. We are supposed to do right. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added or given unto you. But then he said to have our feet readied or protected with the, the sandals of peace. Soldiers had big, heavy, armored sandals that could go over every kind of terrain, no matter where they would march, wherever they would go. They had to have their feet protected. We are to have our feet, our lives protected with the gospel of peace. And I think about the second part of that familiar passage we just shared out of Philippians 4, verse uh, 7 and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I believe it also means when we go to share with others our faith in Christ, we're protected. We're to, to go out and share the message of Christ. But then not only that, but, but he talks about that we should have our feet readied with, with the, the gospel of peace or protected with the gospel of peace. And then to have a shield of faith so we can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Soldiers used to dip their, 
big leather shields into water because the enemy would fire flaming arrows at them, and if it had water doused all over it, it would put out the arrow. Well, our faith is what helps extinguish when the enemy's firing darts and arrows at you and me. Our faith is to be strong in the Lord. And I think about Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you have strong faith today? But not only do we have the, the shield of faith, but we are to put on the helmet of salvation. Well, the helmet would be to protect our heads, to protect our brains. Don't you think the devil really attacks our minds a lot of the time? The devil attacks our minds. You, you can't be saved. You've done too much wrong. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. Uh, you're not equipped enough. You're too old. You're too young. You're, you're not pretty enough. The devil puts all these thoughts in our minds. And they're devil's lies. And I pray today that you would not allow the devil to have any glory. You put on the helmet of salvation. And we read in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Verse 13 of Romans 10, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. So we know we can be saved through Christ. We can be forgiven. Don't listen to the devil's lies. But not only does he talk about the helmet of salvation, but then he said, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the only offensive weapon out of this coat of armor that he's listed. The Word of God. We have power and strength through the Word of God. Do you remember in Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus was led out into the desert to be tempted by the devil? Do you remember that? He, he tempted him three different times. How did Jesus combat the devil? Do you all remember? It is written. It is written. And in verse 10 of Matthew chapter 4, that's what Jesus said. Away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So we must use the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to do combat on our behalf. When you feel under attack, go to God's Word because he gives us guidance and wisdom and protection through his word. I'm so grateful for the word of God because his words are trustworthy and true. But then not only do we need to, when we're under attack, go to the right person, and we need to have the right plan, which is putting on the full armor of God, but, but lastly, we need to go to the right place. We need to go to the right place. If you would look in verse 18 of, of our scripture passage today, Paul says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers 
and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for the Lord's people. The right place is a place of prayer. When we are under attack, the right place is a place of prayer. And I, and I couldn't help but think about out of Matthew chapter 21 when, do you remember when the money changers came into the temple? You remember Jesus had a righteous anger and he was turning over tables. And do you remember what he said in verse 13? My house shall be called a house of prayer. This house is a house of prayer. And I pray that your house is a house of prayer because we can do spiritual warfare, not on our own strength, but it has to be through the power of God. It's a spiritual battle. And the only way it could be won is with supernatural strength that comes from the Lord when we call out to him. I have to tell you, we are to pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually or without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The first part of Philippians 4, verse 6, when he said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You know what's amazing to me? When September 11th happened 2001, people turned to this book that there was a, the Bible sold like no other time during September 11th. I wonder how many people went out and bought Bibles during COVID. And did you know something? Churches were filled when September 11th came, but when COVID came, churches were empty. The difference, both invisible enemies. Satan was the real enemy. And I have to tell you, people turned to prayer. I was humbled and privileged when September 11th came. People couldn't have enough prayer and they were flocking to the church. I was asked to go over to Hearn Elementary with teachers and students and have prayer in the school. When September 11th came, I, I was able to go over to Great Construction over in Lexington and join in a circle with employees and workers and have prayer. When, when September 11th came, I was called to a church in town in Frankfurt where Pastors from all denominations, we got on our knees and we prayed together. It's a shame that it took an attack on our country that we would all pray together. And then we had a prayer service across the street at our little church. I said, we got to do something. And so we called and we made a, a prayer service at noon on, on people's lunch hour the next day. And the church was, the little chapel was full of people crying out to God because they thought this could be it. This could be the end of time. And with everything going on in the world today, it could be close to the end of time. 
what are we doing to get ready? What are we doing to prepare ourselves? The greatest thing we could do is to get our lives right with Jesus Christ. He's our only hope. We can't save ourselves. Paul said in Ephesians 2.8, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. The only way we are saved is by God's grace, his amazing grace that the choir sang about a moment ago. And if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, what are you waiting for? It's time to come to the Lord. It's time to come back to the Lord. And people, I know some of y'all have been watching faithfully online. If you're shut in or sick or out of state, thank you so much. But if you're at home and you're in good health, it's time to get back to church. It's time to get back to church. We need each other. We need that love and support and encouragement as we fight this spiritual battle. So we know it's not just me by myself. I've got an army, the, the army of the Lord, that's helping you and helping me. And I pray today that if you're here and, and you don't know the Lord, he's the right person. He's your go-to guy. Would you come to him in just a moment and say, Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. All of us are. Confess it to him and he'll forgive you. He loves you and he'll come into your heart. Maybe you're a Christian and you've gotten off track and, and you've allowed anger to attack you or, or bitterness or unforgiveness or, or some other attack. Don't let the devil have any victory in your life. Give it to the Lord today. Maybe you've been looking for a house of prayer. This is a house of prayer. And the Lord, I believe, is doing something special in this place. I feel a shaking going on. And I believe the Spirit of God is getting ready to, to bring great revival and spiritual awakening. And we would love for you to be a part of it. But however the Holy Spirit is leading you, won't you come? We're under attack. Are you prepared as we pray together? Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are folks here and they've never given your life to Jesus, they've never given their lives to you, that they would come today and acknowledge Jesus before people. You tell us in your word, if you acknowledge me before people, then I will acknowledge you before my Father. But if you do not acknowledge me before people, I will not acknowledge you when you come before my Father. Oh God, may we take a stand, a firm stand for Jesus today. It's time for Christians to stand up and be different than the world, that there should be a marked difference that we live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, maybe there are some folks that have drifted away and they want to come back to you today and renew their commitment. And, and maybe they've been marching with the wrong army and they want to come back to you. Come home was the call to my wife, when, when she was out, we're under attack, come home. And Lord, I pray if there are folks that are looking for a church family, may they find love in this place, in this house of prayer and acceptance and encouragement to keep living out the faith. 
We'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Father, for the victory that you've already won. And I pray that you would just give us the boldness to take a stand even now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you at this time to stand and come as we sing a hymn of invitation. If you're in this place, if you really mean it, wherever he leads, you'll go. Won't you come as we sing together? I, I am so grateful for you all being here today and so grateful for the Spirit of God in this place. And I pray today 
that you'll leave here encouraged with the right armor on, with the right person, the right plan, and, and the right place. Know you have a place where you can always come to pray and have love and support here. But today, before we close out, and I want to remind the 412, Forks 412, we'll meet in the fellowship hall. Again, a free lunch. Free is the key. There's a free lunch. And uh, again, Jerry is going to share some words of encouragement. We hope you will come. But right now, my friend Bill Adcock has something he wants to share with us. Ecclesiastes 3 says this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Sixteen plus years ago, God opened up a door for me to become your associate pastor, assisting Todd in working with music and with counseling. It was a unique opportunity for me, and God made it clear that it is where I needed to be. As I have stated before, I was resistant at first because Linda and I did not want to be further away from our children at that time. However, we listened to God's call and came to the forks. My words are inadequate to express to you what a blessing it has been to me, Linda, and our family to be part of this church family. The memories are overwhelming. You accepted me, us, and loved me in spite of my flaws. And the depth of your love and support has been overwhelming. I can honestly say it has been the greatest blessing of my 43 years in church music to be part of this church family, working with you and ministering in this community. It's been my honor to work with Todd. He has provided unwavering support over these years, and I am forever grateful to him for taking a chance with me and I'm grateful for his love and his friendship. I'm grateful to this wonderful choir and to all of our musicians for their willingness to use their talents. God has given them to lead in worship. The choir has met every challenge I've put before them over these years, and they have always risen to the occasion, even when they didn't think they could do it. I always told them, yes, you can, and they did. And I know of no other church that is more talented than this church, the Forks of Elkhorn, the, the potential has not been fully tapped. So I started off with this passage, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. The time has come for retirement for me. It was not God's plan in 2006 for us to be closer to our children, but it is his plan in 2022. While we are in good health and still relatively young, we want to be able to spend more time with our children and our grandchildren and other extended family. The movers will be here shortly because of circumstances. We're having to make the physical move and it will move us to our new home in Georgia. Reminds you of a song, the devil went down to Georgia, right? <laughs> I, know, I know what you were thinking. <laughs> However, uh, we have a temporary place to stay and I will be returning to finish out the year with you and go through the Christmas season. Meanwhile, we'll, uh, I want you to know that you hold such a very special place in our hearts. And I pray that the Lord wouldn't let me cry, and I'm not crying, 
but I'm really sad and I'm really happy at the same time. And I hope you feel uh, happy for us as well. And uh, we'll get, have a lot of time of these next three months to celebrate, to worship together, and just to reminisce. Todd and I have already been reminiscing about a lot of experiences we had together. Meanwhile, we'll be praying that God will bring the right person or people to you to minister with you, and I'm confident that he will. You know, as much as this is his will for us, his will for somebody else to be here to work with Todd and to work with his staff and to minister with you, and he will bring you the right person. God bless you all, and let's make the best of the weeks ahead as we worship and fellowship together. Thank you for the Velcorn family. We love you. I know this is a bittersweet day. We, we certainly hate to lose Bill and Linda, but we celebrate with them because I know they're going to be with family and, and loved ones. So again, it's bittersweet. I hope that you will uh, love on Bill and Linda for these next several months. And, and uh, you all might want me to go to Georgia with him. He said I could come with him, and so uh, I'm kidding you. But uh, I hope and pray that uh, you would again keep them in your prayers as they uh, transition uh, to Georgia and as Bill finishes out uh, through the remainder of the year. Love on them a lot and uh, say good things to them. And I think Bill's going to be out at the front doors. And again, I want to remind all of the 412 to head downstairs, whether it's through elevator or two stairwells. Don't forget next Sunday, the choir will be presenting their festival of hymns. It's going to be choir and orchestra. It's going to be a great day next Sunday. So you don't want to miss it. Come and celebrate God's faithfulness. Bill, Linda, we love you all. And happy for you. Thank you, church, for being here. Bill's going to close us in a song, and then I'll pray. God bless you. pray, oh God, thank you for your love and faithfulness. Father, we thank you for Bill and Linda, and we pray your blessings upon them this day and the days to come. Father, I pray as we go from this place that we would clothe ourselves with your armor, because we know that we're under attack daily by Satan, the evil one, and may we take our stand and pray and know that you bring us victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.